<coughs> hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the temporary Drunk Gossip Studios here in Detroit. And I'm, I'm sorry about the coughing. I'm remember how I told you last week that I was feeling a little bit under the weather, but the cold kind of came back. Um, obviously, I'm going to try to keep the coughing down to a, a very bare minimum. Um, and of course, I want to make an episode without me uh, coughing or sneezing or something. Um, but, uh, I, originally I was planning on just taking the day off and, um, doing a deep dive tomorrow. Um, however, some stuff has happened that really needs to be discussed. Um, including, um, rumors about Wendy Williams' show. Um, that's going to come in the last segment, though. Um, right now, we're going to talk about Mario Lopez. Um, okay, so, for those of you who don't know, Mario Lopez has been, he was hosting one entertainment show, um, I want to say it was Extra, and then he moved over to Access Hollywood, replacing Natalie Morales. Now, this was not a big surprise. We talked about this over the summer, that Natalie was going to lose her job. Um, basically, NBC kept her around just long enough to cover up their knowledge of her affair with Matt Lauer. Um, but what, uh, but what we, um, there was also kind of like, she just wasn't very popular with the audience, to be honest. And Mario Lopez is proving to be quite, um, unpopular as well. Um, and it's all because of this quote. He told Candace Owens, when you're a kid, you don't know anything about sexuality yet. You're just a kid. And this is in response to, um, these Hollywood celebrities who are letting their children explore, um, the more masculine or more feminine part of their identity And, I mean, the controversy erupted. It was fast and ferocious. Um, He missed a taping of Excess Hollywood already because of the controversy. And people are kind of giving him the side eye. Um, Blind item, blind item, blind gossip had an item up where, of course, they don't outright say it was him, but... They did everything but, um, let me see if I can, um, it's a, an item called Fluid and Judgmental. Here's how they describe him. Um, um, 
This good-looking TV guy is always so well-spoken and amenable and polished that it's hard to imagine him saying something that the public will, that will bring him public criticism. And unless I'm missing a, another story, Mario Lopez is the topic of the day right now. So, what does all of this mean? Wait, in the grand scheme of things. It means he really fucked up, to be honest. Um, and especially since that line item um, suggests that he's bisexual. Um, and there are quite a few men ready to come forward with their stories. So, you know, I, if I were Mario Lopez right now, I would be backtracking like crazy, which he is. He, um, he put out a statement, which I can't find online right now. Um, but basically what I remember from it was basically, he was like, you know, everyone should be who they are and love who they are and whatever. Um... And it's just classic celebrity backtracking. Uh, but I, I'm really curious to see how this scandal unfolds because I think it'll be very telling of where the nation's mind is at. And my mind is at taking a break and coming right back. And I'm back. And we're living in the age of revivals and reboots of beloved series. And one of the most um, beloved cult series was Medium. It ran for five seasons on NBC, and then another two seasons over on CBS. And at the center of that was Patricia Arquette. She played Alison Dubois, who helped police uh, solve crimes using her psychic powers. And online, there's, especially um, more recently, there has been talk that there could be a revival or a continuation of the series. Uh, Seeing as, just like Bull, it's, um, Medium was based on a real person. Um, Bull is, of course, um, centered around, like, well, it was inspired by. Um, Whereas Medium was inspired by Dr. Phil. Whereas Medium was actually... Um, taken from Alison Dubois' life. Um, that all being said, uh, there's definitely something to be said for the show. Uh, many, many, many networks are looking for a hot IP that has a built-in fan base. Um, and so a revival or a continuation is definitely not out of the question. And in this case, one can even argue that not only is it not out of the question, um, but there's actually a lot of places it can go because um, in the original run of the series, Allison's daughters also showed um, signs of having the same powers as their mother. So you could center the show around one of them with Patricia Arquette coming in. 
um, as a guest star or a recurring character, or even a supporting um, character. The issue, um, well, let me get let me talk about what Patricia Arquette says before we get into the business side of things. Patricia Arquette says, "I haven't been approached about one meaning a revival, and I." I know there has been kind of some talk online about that. I would definitely read it. I mean, the writing was so great, and I love all those people. So I would definitely think about it. I miss all of those people. So, if if there really is talk um, with with the studios and whatnot, and they haven't approached the star, either they're going to um, Hawaii Five O it and just keep the premise and bring in an entirely new cast or um, there's nothing formal to show because I believe Patricia Arquette was an executive producer on the series so they couldn't move forward without her input um, in either case. Uh, But I think there's something more to look at here. And that is, with revivals and reboots, they are either a big hit out of the gate and and fall flat, like the Will and Grace reboot, um, or someone could even argue Roseanne slash the Connors, or they bomb completely like Murphy Brown. Um, there, There's something to be said for a show doing well enough to get renewed um, but not really attract a lot, a lot of attention. Um, we would be looking at a show like MacGyver for that. Um, or um, Magnum P.I. even. So with Medium, I, what I'm thinking is going to have to happen is it's going to have to have the right network um and a lot of a lot of the reboots and revivals are shopped to streaming services first um bhn 90210 was actually shopped to netflix hulu and cbs all access before they finally settled at um, before they settled on going back to Home Network Fox. That's because they can get more money out of the streaming services because the streaming services rely on people signing up for the service rather than um, attracting a certain demo. I guarantee you if Murphy Brown had been on CBS All Access we would have gotten a season two from that show. And it would have been considered a huge hit. Uh, or even if it had been on Hulu, um, which was the original plan from what I've heard. Um, so, <clears throat> but with, with Medium, unless they're gonna go with a more serialized storytelling structure, um, I think they're going to try for a traditional broadcast. And honestly, at this point, ABC is probably their best bet. 
because ABC is starving for a hit procedural. Um, I, the only problem is, I believe, um, and I didn't do any research on this before I did the segment, but I believe that um, Medium was a CBS production, which is why... Um, which is why... CBS picked it up after NBC canceled it. Um, because they were, their home studio was making money off of it. And in today's entertainment industry, uh, what's happening now more than ever is either the network's home studio or sister studio, whatever you want to call it, is putting out all of their shows or there's a forced co-production with ownership of the show being, um, depending on the show and the IP and whatnot, it could be like 50-50. And I am 50-50 sure I'm going to take a break and come right back. And I'm back. And we've talked about Woody Allen before, especially in terms of his career being on the decline. And it's not just because his movies are bringing in less and less money. Um, Wonder Will failed to nab an Oscar nomination for um, Kate Winslet, who usually can just sneeze on camera and the Academy is all over her. her um, and when that when that movie honestly failed to secure any Oscar nominations, it it really did seem very odd. Because no matter what you think of Woody Allen as a person, his movies, generally speaking, do tend to generate award buzz. However. There seems to be more to the case than than that. Um, right now, there there are some arguing that Wonder Wheel Wonder Wheel's lack of box office prowess and award um, not being the award juggernaut that it was destined to be could be because Amazon bailed on their deal to promote it properly. That seems um, a little flaky at best, but okay. We can go with that. Um, After Dylan Farrow, Woody Allen's daughter, renewed her allegations that he molested her uh, many years ago, Um, Woody Allen was sent right back into the spotlight. Um, And this time he was put there in the context of the Me Too movement. And here's what he had to say about his pal Harvey Weinstein and the Me Too movement. He said, you don't want it to lead to a witch witch hunt atmosphere. A Salem atmosphere where every guy in an office who winks at a woman is suddenly having to call a lawyer. Now, here's the thing about that, those comments. They're completely absurd.
in the context of Me Too, what is, be, what is being said is not that a man can't flirt with a woman. He just has to be respectful about it. Woody Allen is living in the past. He's living in an era where smacking a subordinate's bottom was considered standard practice. It was considered to be all right in a, um, in a very real and very odd way. It was also con- um, where he, Me Too is talking about people like Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, um, and others like them using their power and influence to coerce people into having sex with them. So, that just shows how out of touch Woody Allen really was, or is. Yesterday, um, well, before I get to that, he, um, Amazon eventually sued after a slew of A-list stars like, um, Timothy Chalamet, um, Rebecca Brochon, who stars in Amazon's The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is their signature show right now. <coughs> and, um, they were among many, many who said, we're not going to work with this dude anymore. We can't do it. Um, and even though the likes of Diane Keaton and Alec Baldwin were still going to work with work with him, Amazon said, you know what? We ain't dealing with this. And they canceled the contract. Woody Allen says, hey, that's not okay. You don't have a right to do that. Um, you know, this is... You, I'm going to sue you. So Amazon says, sue us. And that's what he did. He sued them for $68 million, which was the payout um, for each of the four films that he had a first look deal with Amazon for. And... Um... Yesterday, the judge said, and I'm reading directly from the court papers, the plaintiff's fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth causes of action are dismissed, including the sole claim against Amazon Studios. The plaintiffs identify no breach of contract that does not relate to an individual film. The MAA provides that any claim for damages with respect to the film's license through it may only be brought under each film's SPA. Um, and the judge went on to say, the plaintiffs have brought such claims in their first four causes of action and Amazon content does not seek dismissal of those claims. But, and this is where she kind of flips and starts taking Amazon's side a little bit more. She said the MAA provides certain benefits to Amazon, such as an exclusive first look at Alan's subsequent literary and visual materials and the right to publicize the party's agreements, but the plaintiffs do not allege that 
they suffer damages from the termination of these provisions. Understood in the broader context, Allen's actions and their cascading consequences ensured that Amazon could never possibly receive the benefit of its four-picture agreement, despite already having paid Allen a $10 million advance upon signing. Um, Woody Allen nor Amazon had a comment on the judge's ruling, uh, but it's pretty clear that this lawsuit, with, with half of it chopped off, um, it, it's very clear that there is going to be a huge battle ahead. And since Woody Allen is already behind the camera um, filming his next movie, I think it's going to be much harder for him to claim that Amazon, Amazon damaged his career or that he suffered any financial um, any financial difficulties or was punished financially because of their decision to drop their deal. And I'm going to make the decision to take a break and come right back at you. And I'm back. And in a bit of shameless self-promotion, just really fast, um, and and when I do this, I'm actually going to talk about the process and whatnot that um, we're doing. But... Um, if you're a writer and you have a holiday story in mind, um, please, please feel free to, um, send your short holiday stories to the Writers Club NYC at gmail.com. Um, we're accepting stories up to, um, 10,000. We'll consider stories that are a little bit longer than that. But, um, we're, we're saying 10,000. We will, we'll take it on a case-by-case basis for a longer story. Any genre. Um, so send in those stories for us. And when I say us, I, for those of you who don't know, I run two writing groups. One is Shut Up and Write, uh, which was founded in San Diego, or San Francisco, I'm sorry. And is worldwide. And I just happen to run uh, a chapter in New York. And the other writing club that I run is called the Writing Club NYC. <clears throat> or the Writers Club NYC, rather. Um, and I co-founded it with Leanne, who you all know from when she co-hosted with me. Um... Leanne went on a bit of a hiatus to concentrate on her work. Um, and so I've been running the group alone for a while now. And we had been doing... We had had anthologies um, lined up. But when I took on this whole responsibility of running the club, I kind of took a step back from that to gear myself uh, in a different way. With Will's help and encouragement, we're relaunching the anthologies. We're starting off with the holiday um, collection. And honestly, the idea for an anthology came from um, scout media owner, writer, and editor, Brian Paoni. He also uh, runs fiction writing on Facebook, which is a large group of fellow writers. 
um, his scout media does um, an of words theory um, series of anthologies where there's always like a theme. <clears throat> uh, Will and I decided to go in a different way. The first one, the first anthology that I edited was, is called The Secret Lives of New Yorkers. It's available now on Amazon. And uh, I came up with a theme. Um, Leanne, well, I, I had the germ of an idea and Leanne and I worked it out together um, to something that was more malleable. Um, but one of the things that, and you all know, I always talk about how brilliant Will is. And because he is, he really is brilliant. Um, (coughs) but one of the, um, one of the things that he said to me was, you'll get more submissions if, if we do genres rather than doing themes. Or um, prompts. So I said, all right. You know, I, I can get on board with that. You're probably... Okay, it didn't happen that fast. I actually did think about it for a little bit. But uh, ultimately, after doing some research and whatnot, I came to the conclusion that he was right. And I guarantee you he's going to isolate that section and it's going to be his ringtone. <laughs> Um, but there are, you know, like, romance is very broad. Sci-fi is very broad. Um, mystery is actually very broad. So what I, what I wanted to do was kind of narrow in a little bit more. So, um, we're doing subgenres, not just genres. Um, Holidays is our first one, and I decided to leave that one broad uh, because I want it open to everybody. I don't care what holiday is written about, as long as the holiday is there and it's leading us to something. Um, The rest of it is just whatever it is, you know, whatever you want it to be, I'm cool with that. Um, I, I think there are going to be two rules. It has to be a real holiday. I've no made up holidays, even um, even if it was made up by like the OC had uh, some weird holiday that doesn't count. A real holiday like um, Christmas, Kwanzaa, um, Thanksgiving. Um, I'm, Hanukkah, um, any of those holidays are fine with me, um, you know, so the way, we're opening submissions today, and we're, they'll be open until October 1st. 
we're, we're paying writers royalties. And, you know, I've talked about this before. Paying writers is not a nice thing to do. It is the right thing to do. It is the only thing to do. Um, eventually, I want to flip the business model from what we have now, uh, where we're just paying writers royalties, to um, actually just buying the stories outright. That'll come in time. Um, you know, it, it's not... It, it's not... Um, I don't want to say it's not easy. But... You know, the club is still fairly new. Um, just barely a year old at this point. And we've not done any fundraising because why would we? Um, so, what I'm going to do um, is, at least for this tome, for the holiday book, they're going to be paid royalties. Um, I believe the Of Words series pays royalties to writers. Um, the other, another group that I'm part of, Zombie Pirate Publishing... Um, they actually pay writers up front. Um, I believe they pay them like 10 or $20 um, for an accepted story, um, depending on the length and whatnot. Um, and putting together, when I was putting together Secret Lives, it, it was very stressful. Um, I ended up doing the majority of the work and it was very... I got really stressed out um, without even meaning to. Um, and I think that there's something to be said for asking for help when you need it. Um, now that we're relaunching, Will has said that he's going to give me a hand in, um, in the process. And I, I learned my lesson going through The Secret Lives... Um, you know, I know what I want in a story. I know what I'm willing to accept and what I don't want to accept. Um, so going forward, it, I think it's going to be fairly, fairly simple. It's just going to be a matter of, um, getting the submissions in. Um, I use Scrivener to to um, organize the book, and it, it the great thing about Scrivener, in case you don't know, is it does all the formatting and everything for you, which is a huge, huge, huge relief. Um, I I really can't overstate what a huge relief it is for Scrivener to for Scrivener to um, do the formatting. Um, I'll be doing some light editing and whatnot. But uh, so this, you know, and I know how to get everything ready for 
Uh, I know how to get everything ready for Amazon now. So that's that's the big news. That's the big writing stuff that is happening right now. Again, if you're a writer, please send your submissions. Um, up to 10,000 words. Um, send the whole story to the Writers Club NYC at gmail.com. If you're going to do more than 10,000 words, query us. Um, tell me the basic premise of the story and why you need more than 10,000 words. And um, I'll, I'll give you a yay or nay. If the story's already written, great. If, if it's not, if you're writing it fresh, please. Um, I'll try to keep it under 10,000. But, I, you know, I know things happen. And I'm a little bit flexible on word count. Like, if it's 10,100, I'm not going to complain. And I'm not going to complain about taking a break and coming right back. And I'm back. And here is a story that's been a long time coming. Um, but I don't... I'm going to um, start this off by saying I've not heard um, that this was the case. But I I can see the evidence. Um, and we've... We have talked about it briefly. Um, Wendy Williams staffers were at the 44 Club, or 4040 Club in Manhattan, so celebrating the end of season 10. I'm assuming, because Wendy Williams is usually um, new throughout the summer, so I don't know if she's just taking... Um, a hiatus to get everything in order to come back fresh in the fall, or um, what's happening. But, um, Wendy Williams' staff is said to be very on edge over what some are calling a quote-unquote difficult season. Uh, what with Wendy being ill, um, breaking her shoulder, and then her relapse and ultimately her divorce from Kevin Hunter. Uh, rumor has it that some, even though they have a guaranteed job for next year, for season 11, some are starting to um, put out feelers for uh, employment elsewhere. So what does what does this all all this really mean? Well, remember when we talked about RuPaul's talk show and Jerry O'Connell's talk show? A, a lot of this seems to be stemming from from those two getting trial runs on Fox stations over the summer, um, and there's no word yet on how those test runs went, or if. Or if they'll be um, coming back in the fall. But Wendy Williams was so concerned about the implications of um, the implications of them getting the test runs, um, period, 
that she started to she started to um <clears throat> excuse me worry that she was being replaced and Deb uh, Deb Meyer Mercury, the producer of the show, tried to put her her fears to rest and said, "Girl, we love you. We got you." And that certainly really does seem to be the case. Um, when when they returned to her show, the ratings were really high, almost Ellen high. Um, and. There really seemed to be a fresh attitude. But then other rumors started percolating up. And those rumors... Those rumors really kind of shook up the... um, they they really shook up the way people are viewing things right now. <clears throat> and the, the rumor was that Wendy Williams was going to be joining the Real Housewives of New York City. Dun dun dun. Now, big brashy headliner Wendy Williams seems to be too big of a star. To join um, a show like Real Housewives, but if they offered her the right amount of money, I could definitely see it. Um, and you know that big and brashy, that big and brashy um, Wendy Williams archetype would definitely create some waves. With the New York girls. It would just... Honestly, they would have to... First of all, get rid of someone. And... The clash with Bethany... Who is Queen Bee of New York... Would be epic. Now, Andy Cohen and Wendy Williams... Both have denied that this is the case. And honestly, at this point... I don't think that there's a reason to disbelieve... What they're saying. Um... Because, again, Wendy does have her show, um, her talk show, and I, I can see her parlaying that. But, those rumors, of course, added to the unease that the staffers were feeling. And, um, a, a co-executive producer, Suzanne Bass didn't really allay fears when she said saying goodbye to season 10 my husband B and I love our girl Wendy it's been a year of ups and downs but no matter no matter what we've had her back 10 years deep B and I have each other and together we have her here's to season 11 now part of the reason why that's not allaying fears any is because Is because there is um, there's nothing 
talking about the future of the show. Contractually, right now, it's only renewed through season 11. Um, with a veteran talk show like this, renewal talk usually comes a lot earlier. But 11 years doing a, a talk show is actually a pretty good run. Um, you know, Ellen is nearing her 20 years. But she's considered royalty among talk show hosts. Um, you know, Maury has been... I don't, I don't remember a time when Maury wasn't on TV, to be honest. Um, Oprah got 20... I believe 26 years in. Phil Donahue got 25 or 26 years in. Um, the View is 22 years deep. Um, I think or it's going to be 23 years deep um, pretty soon. Uh, so, you know, there's all sorts of... It, it's not unheard of for shows to go for a long time, but it's also not unheard of for shows to only go... Um, for a few years. A lot of people say, oh, well, you know, it's the easiest job in the world. Maybe maybe for some people it is. Um, and it, again, if you're in the top tier, of course it's going to be super duper easy. But, if you're... If you're not one of the top tier talk show hosts, you're not getting paid um, for the long hours you put in. You're not getting paid for a lot of stuff. Um, so, you know, I think there there's that to consider. Now, Wendy could be considered daytime royalty. Her show, um, I believe, is in the top five um, for syndicated programs. And is used to launch, has been used to launch other talk shows. Um, talk shows that have stumbled out of the gate or completely flopped altogether. Um, and I think there's one other thing to consider here. Since Wendy, um, since this could, could be considered, um, an extension of her current contract, her ex, Kevin Hunter, could be collecting a paycheck off of it. So, um, similar to what Steve Harvey did when he, when he took the Steve Harvey show, completely retooled it, and it became Steve, Wendy could do the same thing. She could tweak the concept a little bit um, and shorten the name to Wendy Williams or Justin Wendy. Um, and try to relaunch her show. That way Kevin Hunter is not getting any money. I think right now everything is tying back to the divorce. Which, of course, doesn't make it easier for staffers. But, um, I think we're going to have a better idea of what's happening come the fall when, um, when we hear... Uh, but, like I said, I, I think what's going to happen, more than likely, is she's just retooling the show a little bit. 
So that's going to do it for me for today. Thank you all so much for listening as always. And until next time, cheers.